0: Sound of a crackling fireplace. There's slight Christmas music playing in the background. We're all, we're warm, we're cozy. There's
1: a trap the remix of the CFTG, uh, <laughs> uh theme
0: song playing. We don't, no, Dustin, Dustin we, don't we don't have the budget for that. Oh, 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 they're here, oh, they're here. Oh, hello, listener, welcome oh, to Tales shit. in the Group, a podcast set in the 80s that follows three kids on a quest to uncover their truth about a mysterious machine called the Loop. Their truth. My name is Tyler Linden, and I play Wesley Watson, outcast weirdo who wants nothing more than to
2: be popular. I, I honestly didn't think we were going right into it, but okay. Um, my name is Corey <laughs> Offenberger, and I play geeky ladies' man, smells like ham, John Millady.
3: And I'm Adam Foster, and I play Clayton Godwin, the robot-hating, risk taken troublemaker of the group. And I'm Dustin Fleischer,
1: and I'm your game master, and Jack Frost nipped me in places I did not want to be nipped. Oh, oh! Uh, and so, if you can't tell by how horny Dustin is, this is a very,
0: uh,
2: a very special
0: episode. <laughs> hey, this time I gets to have a cocktail in front of this, so
1: we're <laughs> <laughs> gonna get dark, Dustin, tonight. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> and I've
2: got chalky milk, so you're gonna be uh, getting happy, Cory, tonight. That's,
1: that's a cocktail glass filled with chocolate milk. Oh,
2: God, we got to start recording fast before we lose Corey.
1: (laughs) Hey, listen. We're going to drive
2: home. I I can hold my chocolate milk pretty well. Let me just say. Just just wait until he gets
1: political.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, you can't tell by this rowdy energy. Uh, We're doing something a little different (laughs) for today's episode. Uh, We just thought since it is the holidays and we are also headed into kind of what we're calling like the end game of this campaign, the... The kind of final few episodes will be coming out in 2024 um but since we're kind of in this very important part in the campaign we thought we would stop down take a little break check in with each other and maybe ask a ask a few questions have a little little discussion a little dialogue by the fire if the fire sound effects are gone by this point bring them back in and there we go Great. (laughs) great great
2: I really I hope I didn't you want don't to add do too much editing. I to really this hope and you I don't, don't add it myself to the edit. I really hope you don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: you did a whole bunch of theatrics. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, well, we don't want to totally deprive you listeners of of our normal programming, so we're going to be uh, doing our regular uh, question about our childhood. But of course, since it's the holidays, it'll be a holiday themed question. Fun. And.
1: I'm realizing now we didn't decide on which question that was gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, being that you're the one that is introducing this holiday episode, Tyler.
3: Mm-hmm. Shouldn't you be the one that's
1: coming up with the question?
3: Well, here we go, fellas. Well, I was just gonna so, say, you know, if we wanted a like least political Christmas question, it could be like, is Die Hard a Christmas movie?
1: Hey, Clayton and also Adam. <laughs> shut <Yeah>. up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait,
0: I have a I have a real quick thing I wanna say before I ask the question. <laughs> It's not that I hate people or, or it's not that I hate this whole like is Die Hard a Christmas movie debate. What I hate is that every person who says that brings it up like they're about to blow yeah. your mind. like yeah. They're going to tell you something you have never heard before. Yeah. Yet. I, anyway. Anyway. We, we don't have that. Much time. No, no. This could be a rad
1: pod. Yeah, I like how you're
2: like I don't hate people and then you corrected yourself like okay well maybe I hate people but
1: this so is the thing I that I really hate I, what I meant to say is I don't hate the
2: argument I do hate
0: the
1: people yeah. and right. if yeah, that, you well, on that tangent if Nightmare Before Christmas is a personality for you that's enough that's that's yeah. more than enough okay <laughs> stop it with don't a year-long Jack Skellington okay you're not cute you're not original Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'll I want to know you, I want to so, let yeah. people know what I'm really about. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: okay, all right. So my question. No rants allowed for the answers, only regular answers. My question is: if you, your current self now, in the, the year 2023, could go back in time and give your childhood self a Christmas gift, what would it be? So what I'll do is I'll I'll, I'll give you the parameters for parameters for this question. You you're basically going back in time and giving yourself at any age. You can choose the age, any gift. You have unlimited money and it can either be something that is available now or it is could be something that you just buy off the shelf from when you were a kid. So it, it can as long as it existed from 2023 backwards you could probably give it to yourself it, does it, does okay, it have so to be
1: a material object
2: yes yeah it's something you could unwrap right. not
0: like to, knowledge or you yeah, yeah. clarify
2: is this like one specific item or can it be like a series of items that pertain to the same thing Ooh. are you trying to give yourself the entire pokemon game series yeah Pretty much complete in box.
0: I would say I would say it's got to be like one something you could purchase as one thing. But
2: what's the
1: one Pokemon game? Totally be your answer. No, no, no. I got it. I have a different answer. I would. Now, but I want to know what the one Pokemon game is that he would gift himself from like this era. Oh, from this era. Yeah. Like saying like, let's say you're traveling back in time. If I understand the question correctly, it could be a game that is out now. That like yeah. kid Corey would have loved to play. Literally any core mm. any
0: Corey game, any Pokemon <laughs> game that exists, you could give any one of those to yourself back then. Also, listeners, the Cory
1: game series phenomenal. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I have my answer. Soul Silver. Okay, why? Because Soul Silver, the original Pokemon Silver game, was my favorite game growing up. It was mm-hmm. the one that I took with me everywhere, and the Soul Silver was such a great remake of that game that I would be ecstatic to have something like that. I mean, the graphics would be so much better than any other like Nintendo Pokemon game at that time. So it would blow my mind at that age. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, I mean, your Pokemon follows you. That's unprecedented, except for (laughs) the fact that you had Pikachu follow you in yellow, but this could, this is any other Pokemon that you had. At that particular time, right?
1: I am just a big fan of you using the word unprecedented in that context. Listen, (laughs) listen, it was a big deal for Pokemon. Yeah. Wait, talk about historical moments. The Berlin Wall falling, 9 11, (laughs) and your Pokemon following you in Soul Silver.
2: (laughs) It was such a great feature of that game.
0: No, I totally get that because that is something that you you always wanted in Pokemon games is like because you, you know, you watch the anime and Ash had his Pokemon out all the time. I just wanted that.
2: Yeah. So that's a that's my answer. I'm 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 done nerding out. So (laughs) (laughs)
0: maybe for me, mine would be. I would go back to like my really young self, like maybe like I I think when this is like probable five or six and give myself either a guitar or a piano. And so that I would pick that hobby up far earlier than I did. And then I could be really good at this point. Or it's also possible that I would, would have done the same thing that I'm doing now. And I never practice. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Adam?
4: What would you give yourself? say
3: for me, which is going to be an interesting one. Cause, cause young me will be pissed at the time. But then okay. back to present me will be happy. Um, so I would absolutely love, because if I had all the money, I would buy the origin story Jordan 1s in my present size and give them to myself at a <laughs> younger age to be like, okay, you're going to hate yourself right now because you can't wear these yet because they don't fit you. <laughs> but you're going to love yourself later on. Um because currently you can't even find them on StockX right now, except for certain sizes in the special box.
1: Mm-hmm. And the
3: special box on most sizes that you can find are retailing for like seventeen to uh, eighteen hundred dollars. Holy crap! Oh. Um,
0: but what if it's like a butterfly effect thing, and you giving yourself that shoe actually made it so the entire like shoe market yeah. never it's Like no one cares about shoes in the future. Like everyone
3: just wears like Crocs and shower sandals oh, and I, I, American care. Stocks. I would I would I was just saying I would wear those <laughs> shoes with pride. I mean I already wear Crocs with pride. Um <laughs> in a in a crockless world it feels like. Wow, okay. <laughs> it's like
2: the world has in ended in this is desolate and there's
0: from... oh, god, Gordon, sorry. <laughs> no, I know
2: just say like it's like this world is like desolate like Nobody owns shoes and the only thing that you have to your name are these Crocs. And it's like, they're like such a commodity that people are fighting for them. (laughs) Oh my
1: God. (laughs) No one take that idea. We're going to, we're going to pitch that. You're going to gift yourself some Crocs as a kid. And then like, as that kid is getting older, people are going to be like, are those the shoes from Idiocracy? Yeah.
3: (laughs) No, I want the I want the Pixar movie that's gonna be about like, you know, like a happy uh pair of like animated crocs, you know? And it could be called Crocky instead of, you know, crikey. Crocky. Crocky no. is something Crocky. else. Crocky.
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah. All right, pretty so sure Dustin, that's a sex Little Dustin. Young young boy <laughs> Dustin. It's Christmas morning. What a weird thing for me to say it's a sex tree. thing
1: and then you were like, Little Dustin. <laughs> I'm like, <Yeah>. okay. No, <laughs>
0: no, 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 no. We're we're to hopping over to young Dustin's house it's Christmas morning he opens up that gift that future him brought
1: back for himself what what are you opening I know you said I'm not I can't give the gift of knowledge but I'm gonna give him a book that has everything written down that it's like here are here's every big <laughs> thing that has happened to me and what and like it's gonna be an instruction manual of like don't do this it's gonna yeah. be like how <laughs> not to do the thing and it's like hey look bud Like I'm you, I've been through it. I'm going to save you years of heartache. I'm going to save you (laughs) years of just like doubting yourself. Here's like every major thing that has happened to me in full excruciating detail. Wow. (laughs) So that this way you can avoid that. And you're going to hate me now because I know what you want. You wanted like a computer. That's the thing you wanted me to bring from the future. But I got to be honest with you, screens are ruining my fucking life, even though I love yeah. them and I have no intention of getting rid of them. You're going to get the book that has all the knowledge, all the like there's going to be a special chapter of like insults that will absolutely devastate teachers, bullies, like all of it, like specific <laughs> oh, moment. You know, yes. when you have those moments where it's like. You have a fight with somebody or an argument with someone and then like later on you think of the perfect comeback. it That's an entire chapter in yeah. the book. It's all the perfect comebacks for all of the like <laughs> egregious shit you're going to experience. Wow.
0: <laughs> but then you would spend your whole life studying all of those moments so you made sure you had that knowledge and then you would miss out on your whole childhood. No. Good, good that I am studying (laughs) this so that this
1: way I could put all that, like, stupid emotional shit aside and do things like play guitar and piano at a younger age instead of wallowing in my sadness. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, he found a loophole. Yeah, See, actually, we were all wrong. A Christmas
0: loophole. Oh, (laughs) it's
1: a Christmas
0: loophole. Wow, it's a Christmas (laughs) loophole. Ayo. All right, so (laughs) now what we're going to do after that. There's um, more? We're going to kind of go around and we've got some questions for each other pertaining to the podcast characters, things like that. Um, And then we actually have one question, one little very special question from a very special little listener. Um, (laughs) You guys want to do that listener
3: question last first? What do you think? I feel like we should save it for last. Save the best for last. last. Yeah, I will say I also have a bonus question from another uh, from another listener.
1: I also have oh, a bonus okay, okay.
3: question. We, l- l- we'll do the listener questions last. And
1: I have a bonus okay. question, but it's not from a listener. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> and then I have a second um,
3: bonus question. Uh, no, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think what we should do is we should all take our trusty D6s, our bad boys, as we call them okay. on this podcast, and everybody roll, and that'll give us our initiative order for question asking. Ooh, I got a four. I also got a four. It's a roll I got off. A
1: two. Oh, well, I let's
2: get, see what Corey gets. Hold on.
1: All right, all right, hold on. Let's
2: see. I got a twenty-seven. No, I got a two.
1: <laughs> yeah. You got a two. Oh you damn, a two it's a well? roll-off again. Double a a roll-off. So, so, on a roll. so is Another it going to be between Adam and me? Who's going to go first and second, and then Corey? Yeah. And you who's going to go third and fourth? Correct. Okay. Yes. Cool. All right. Roll-off. Here we
3: go. Oh no! I, I rolled, rolled a two two one uh, I rolled, I rolled a, a two, a baby. Oh, 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 dang. Okay,
0: so it's going to go Dustin, then Adam, then me, then Corey. Because, Corey, okay. you said one,
2: right? Yes. Oh, I rolled okay. a one, too, Corey. We suck. Oh, so
0: we
3: need to roll <laughs> wow. off again.
1: You didn't, you know. <laughs> you didn't need the one to know that you suck, Adam. No. <laughs> it was in you all along. It was in- <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> no. It's a Christmas loophole. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm, gonna right well, that, Dustin, you, uh... I'm gonna say that. Why don't you say that about long Christmas morning? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, I'm actually really glad that I get to go first because I kind of I think I'm gonna have a good question to sort of ask the group, which is like, you know, when we first set out to make this podcast, I and I don't know if the listeners know this, I basically gave you guys f- complete creative control when it came to developing sort of your characters their families all their relationships their backgrounds like sort of their core wounds and flaws and so i'm curious like what compelled or inspired you to develop those elements of your characters because i mean i don't want to to be the one to get into specifics that's your choice to do that um but based on what i've observed your relationships with your dads are wildly different and than the ones in the game. And so I'm kind of curious, like, what compelled you to design your character to act a certain way or to have a certain backstory or to have, like, a certain relationship, um, you know, within the campaign?
0: So I can start this one. I So we have, the four of us have played some version of tabletop role-playing games since college uh adam and i played a lot in college and then Corey and i have played with him and some of his friends and then we all did a online campaign after that where we added in dustin and so we played a lot of D, but we also played a previous campaign not not as like a podcast just for fun uh when we first discovered uh tales from the loop I have to remember what the actual name of the, the rule book is (laughs) not the name of our podcast. Um, and, and so when we did that, I remember I played like a popular teenage girl in that. Yeah, that's right. Listeners, you missed out on that. Oh yeah. Um, Uh, It was a good time. And like, it was fun, but it was like hard to actually play that character because I have never been a teenage girl and I was playing like a personality that I wasn't familiar with. And so I think at least for my character, for Wesley, I tried to make, I tried to still make him like interesting in terms of like a story, but I also tried to make his position in like school like exactly where I was when I was probably his age or around his age, where I was like, you know, I wasn't like I wasn't necess- I wasn't like bullied in school like Wesley was, but I definitely was not like not the popular kid, and I was kind of the kid who was really smart and got good grades and I was the do-gooder but I also like hated school and hated doing uh homework and stuff like that but you know you just knew you had to follow the rules and so I I felt like I needed to do something that if we were recording it it needed to be something that I can perform well and so I um
2: yeah and I just have- tried
0: to kind of match him up to me and then fill in all the other like gameplay gaps um with uh w- with stuff that like just made sense story-wise and yeah, yeah my my dad is alive in real life currently <laughs> as we record this so that i uh, yeah very different well yeah i don't remember was there a question about the relationship with our dads or I don't it
1: wasn't so much early a uh, question about the relationship with your dads but like i did find that that choice was very interesting that you wanted to be in a space where your dad in the game has has passed away. Cause that was, mm-hmm. you know, for the listeners, I think we can reveal, was something that was a hundred percent your choice. That was not something that I positioned yeah. to you.
0: I think I guess that decision probably came from the fact that like again trying to align Wesley up with me, like uh, even though like, you know, both my parents were equally there for me when I was a kid, I definitely was like, I felt like I was more like How do I put this? I was more like I hung out with like a lot of the girls. I didn't get along with like guys as much. And so I felt like, oh, if that were like a character trait in like a a player character, you know, it would make sense that he was raised by his mother and had more like feminine or traditionally feminine, like, you know, caring qualities and stuff like that. And that would translate well to the character. So I I feel like that's probably what motivated that. But I can't say that for sure. I
1: wonder if that's how you and I like have become so close as friends too because i had a very similar situation where like a lot of my friends growing up were women like in school and then Mm -hmm. my my dad it wasn't he wasn't like an absent father but he was uh he worked uh outside of the states a lot so he was home all the time and so i was raised around like a lot of this like feminine energy i want to say and like Mm -hmm. i I had a closer relationship with my mother growing up so that's yeah that's Hmm. quite interesting that's interesting it's fun to like it's fun to watch that play out and that like dynamic play out yeah
2: yeah and and i see a lot of similarities in the character that is wesley and the player that is tyler because like you said it's you are on the more like intelligent like nerdier side and i feel like you can bring that out in Wesley as much as like all of us bring out the similar traits within ourselves to our characters, like mm-hmm. obviously Adam is a little more into like athletics than we are, so he brings it out in Clayton.
3: Oh, I was but... ready for you to say he's more of a shithead than everyone else. <laughs> I mean, to be <laughs> honest, actually, real life Adam does cause a lot of trouble too. <laughs> 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 not
0: in the same ways as Clayton, yeah, not yeah, with yeah, the same not, repercussions. So but it's but mostly <laughs> the
1: same like weird, like slanted statements and sentences yeah. where like the word <laughs> choice is off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah,
2: and, and and very similarly to how Wesley um, is similar to, to Tyler, I feel like my character is similar to me in the fact that I do say m'lady a lot, and I feel like it's becoming an issue. <laughs> no, I does I, wear a fedora <laughs> all the time, I, I, all the time, and I only <laughs> shave. I only shave my face, so it leaves the neck beard.
1: Funny enough, um, he has no idea. <laughs> he has no idea who John Mulaney is. He has yeah. no idea. He's <laughs> never seen any of his stand-up. I,
2: isn't he a pilot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, when I was creating John Mulaney, it was obviously a playoff of John Mulaney. That's we were coming up with like things that I figured might be fun to play. And because, again, we're all nerds, I'm like, let's I'm going to play a nerdier character, someone, again, who's a little bit more intelligent, almost similar to how Wesley's intelligent. But I wanted to have some kind of shtick that would separate me from the group. And so I'm like, you know, what? let me play like a character that's a little bit more on the not creepy side, but like. Milady is a term that is not coined <laughs> and well known to be a cool phrase, right? So it's like I, I tried Wait, to I tried to, yeah. <laughs> so I try to differentiate myself from that aspect. And then as far as like my relationship with like my father, the character in the way that I portray my character and how I act towards my own father is almost similar to the to an extent of that. In real life, my parents were separated when I was like seven years old, and so I've lived apart from my father for most of my life. But I mean, he was still there for me. I mean, we still talk. But it, he was more of like a it was more of like a a friendship than like a father figure. If that makes sense, like he mm. wasn't there to like. Uh, teach me things or like to discipline me in any kind of way it was more along the lines of like my mother and my sister and like the women in my family that raised me so I also had more of like a feminine upbringing so I'm not like the most masculine guy so I mean I also feel like that comes out within John Milady as well even mm-hmm. though he's trying to I guess compensate for that by being more of a ladies man per se, you know. I'm a ladies man. A, I'm a ladies man. man. <laughs> and so, but yeah, I mean that was pretty much my thought process when creating that character. I wanted something that resembled myself but also something that was different enough that it was more fun to play.
1: Is your father a raging feminist in real life? Just kidding! You don't have to answer that question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, <I'm> just
3: kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I will say for for me, it's uh, it's funny, yeah, because I like went in a completely kind of like different direction as far as like from the like relationship with the parents aspect. I very much fully uh Except that, like, I very much was a shithead growing up, and so I felt like uh, Clayton. And also, I kind of, like, knew, like, because we've all played before, so I kind of knew how, like, we all are. And I was like, mm. okay, I feel like we need a little bit of chaos just to add yep. in some, mm. like, some some oomph in into it. And so, like, naturally, like, I tend to be a more chaotic person. Um, very much not no. when we would play, like, d I very much was trying to be like, no, I don't want to die yeah. Like, and be like that. But, like, in this, it's like I can take a little bit more, like, chances and things Mm -hmm. like that and be kind of like that, like, just shithead individual that just doesn't think, like, has good intentions but just doesn't think it all the way through. Um, And that's, like, very much how I was kind of growing up. But then as far as, like, the parents' relationships, ironically enough, I am the one who does not have a father. So I kind of, like, wanted to go into a different route with that, just almost like a – I don't really know why, but it was more of a – because I grew up in a very, like, loving household. Like, my dad was always around. My mom was always around, thankfully. Like, they had, like, you know, work late in the day, so I went to daycare a lot in the, like, afternoons. But, like, overall, like, it was a very healthy relationship. Um, And so I kind of wanted to go into a different direction with that just to kind of just, like – almost like add a more interesting aspect just to see how it would go with the game mm-hmm. flow and things like that. Having kind of like the two parents that are separated and kind of like that whole kind of aspect of like that kind of situation um, just to give almost a different kind of take on like what I've personally been through.
0: Yeah. So I- do you feel like when you get into like, situ- or, or rather when Clayton gets into situations where he has to deal with like the the divorce of his parents and like his you know that kind of stuff do you feel like it's hard for you adam to like think about like geez how would clayton react to that because i've not been in this situation i was just saying
3: i do have to like think about it because i'm just like because like i i I, like want to get to a point because it's like it's kind of like finding that fine line of like like we've you know like we've played into the storyline it's just like that fine line of like him trusting his dad or like him trusting his mom and like you don't want to like Like, obviously, he's a kid, so, like, you know, kids trust very easily, but also lose that trust very easily. And so, like, very much, like, in situations, it's, like, playing a fine line. Like, I remember, like, I struggled with uh, the Bunker episode when um, my sister Penelope is, like, kind of going in on Greg. Mm, And it was, like, one of those things where it's, like, is this a point where it's, like, okay, maybe I try to stick up for Greg? Do I take Penelope side. And, and so like, that was very much one where I had to truly, truly think about like how I wanted to play that out. It's so funny. When I was thinking about this question, I thought about
1: you, Adam, specifically uh, for that uh, earlier point that like when we have played D in the past or any sort of role-playing game, you are far, far more cautious and like, <laughs> and, 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 and mm-hmm. more, I guess, exploratory. And you're trying to like unpack and uncover as much as possible And it feels like with Clayton, you're playing like a very reckless character. And it's like it's funny to hear what your like thought process was behind that. Do you uh, as a follow up, do you also feel like playing a character that is so wildly different from your experience makes you like more empathetic? Because like if I, for example, like I don't know if you saw the movie Boyhood, but like that movie portrayed like a divorced couple for like a kid that was growing up, I think, in a very like. in in, in a really 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 Mm. fascinating way that like made me like reflect back on my childhood and like I was in you know I had a stable family growing up but I knew a lot of people that came from you know unstable households and it made me kind of understand sort of what was going on behind the scenes for them so do you feel like you've kind of like gotten more empathy through playing a
3: character like this I'll just say I definitely think so. I will say, too, what kind of, like, helps out is just, like, in the my profession, like, working as, like, an athletic trainer, like, kind of building those relationships with athletes who have just so many different, you know, upbringings um, definitely has kind of, like, helped with that aspect, too. That's kind of helped me kind of, like, go through that. Um, and then, yeah, definitely, like, playing the character. Like, you start thinking about it more, like, in yeah. real life, like, dealing with, like, different situations and talking to people.
1: Cool, cool.
0: It is interesting because I'm like not I'm obviously not an actor. I mean, none of us are actors, yeah. but like you can definitely feel when you are like playing your character like we get, you know, I get really into it when we do these recording sessions because, you know, we've got headphones on like mm-hmm. all I can hear is you guys like, yeah, at least in my situation, I'm in a little blanket fort. Yeah. so it sounds good. Like <laughs> I am so closed <laughs> yeah. off from everything. I like have to focus so hard, but like you can feel when you say or do something and you're like oh that's not what my character would say yeah. or do like you mm-hmm. can feel when you you are in character and you have all the right answers and you can feel when you kind of like break character and do something like that that is yeah like not aligning with your character sheet yeah. but
1: see I might I might push back on that a little bit because i've i've heard the advice before Are you gonna push back on my personal experience yeah 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 Yeah, actually i am because it is i'm gonna push back because you're (laughs) denying your personal experience sir like i've always heard the advice like you know and i'm sure you've heard this too like write what you know and i think like Hmm. that's obviously like a weird piece of advice to give somebody because if they're like writing like a fiction or a fantasy story like they don't know what it's like to grow up in like a fantasy world but like Mm -hmm. i think that that piece of advice should have the added word emotionally, like write what you know emotionally, which is Mm -hmm. like, what is the feeling behind your characters? And so like to your end, like Tyler with Wesley, like growing up being like very nerdy and like constantly being bullied, sometimes it feels like those anger, those bursts of anger and those that lashing out comes from that, which is maybe like a way to kind of like go through the motions of like processing your own childhood.
0: Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I guess I was more talking about like the moments where it's like, like, oh, Wes, like Tyler wants to like her, like do something that that is going to advance the story. But like I know, as I'm acting as Wesley, like oh no, Wesley would be terrified in <laughs> wait, this moment. Like wait. he would not want to <laughs> confront this teacher or like get himself in yeah. trouble. Yeah, the perfect, what are you exa- about, Adam?
3: <laughs> the perfect example I have of that was episode was it like six or five when we were in the library and like Tyler, you didn't realize like the like the, like the whole like library card situation. Oh yeah. And like and like cl- like I Adam knew that and I'm like Clayton's too dumb to know this so it's like I can't say anything. So I'm just yeah. like sitting back watching everything transpire and I'm just like should I say something as Adam or do I just let it play out? Which I think it went beautifully playing it out. Yeah, and that's yeah, what makes I've, her
1: a compelling story, so. Yeah, I, mean,
2: I feel like that's a that is the internal struggle of I do know this thing as a player, but my character doesn't know it, so I shouldn't mm-hmm. say anything about it, but it's like it, it it kills me on the inside because there's certain things where I'm like, I know the answer, but my character doesn't. So. Yeah.
0: And stuff, too, when you're when you're doing a podcast and you want to, like, keep it tight and keep mm-hmm. things moving, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. for the listener. But like, you know, oh, that's not mechanically
1: how it works or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I um, do have a follow up question, but I also feel like I'm dominating. But it is something that I wrote down that is exactly in line with what we're talking about right now. I don't know if we want to
0: skip sure. it if you if you ask it now we'll just skip you next round. Yeah, yeah
1: yeah let's go for it okay what what about the story has surprised you the most or was there like a choice you made that you felt really defined your character but that like surprised you in the moment by the action you decided to take interesting that's, that's a very okay. good
2: question but it's a very difficult one to answer yeah
1: and we can come um, back to it at, you know if we want to move on but no, 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 no. I, uh,
2: I just need a second to think about it. Yeah. Um, you can also about talk about like what's in mean.
1: the story has surprised you the most that has not been released yet. I know, which is kind of hard. Um, but yeah. I will say, I think Wes- Wesley has a few moments. I think it's it's
0: time. Mm-hmm. So I think for like for example, Wesley flipping out on uh on John's mom, like. And and just Wesley, like, his in, in general, his frustration with, like, you know, I, I did everything right, I played by mm-hmm. the rules, I, like, was nice to people, I got my work done, I got straight A's in school, and now, like, I'm still losing is, like, such a frustration that, like, I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, uh, to what you were saying, Dustin, like, you're voicing your own beliefs through your character, that was definitely yeah. a, a, a Tyler coming out through Wesley kind of thing. Um, but I think that is like a big defining moment for like, because that's the biggest struggle with Wesley is like, I want to be a good boy and I want to follow the rules. But, like, doing that is not getting me anywhere. And anyone who's getting anywhere is breaking the rules. And, like, if we don't have rules, like what it, what do you even have? And so, I think like those freakouts are definitely defining moments, which I think even I think the game system itself helps so much with oh, that, yeah, because in the rule book, I believe it's there's something about, like, the adults will not just believe children, right? Like adults think they are the smarter person in the room. And like the adult is always right. And so Mm -hmm. like that having to actually follow that mechanic is so frustrating in character. Mm -hmm. So I think that has motivated that a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I will say without spoiling anything, there is a moment that the listeners have not heard yet that we have recorded that I think is like a very, like a strongly defined moment for Wesley Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That is in that same vein of like pushing back against authority, and like those moments where you snap are yeah. probably like some of the best moments in the in the podcast.
3: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think for me, I feel like Clayton's moments are when he actually bonds with Frankie because like he has such a <laughs> hatred for robots, but Frankie is so chaotic also and just loves yeah. violence that it's starting to win Clayton over. And so, like, the moments where it's, like, Clayton <laughs> oh, and Frankie. Oh, that's so interesting. But, yeah, but pretty much Clayton and Frankie's just adventures of, like, literally, like, like, especially at the school when, like, Clayton's breaking him out and then trying to bust open the door and then fails. And so he has to ask Frankie for help. Um, mm-hmm. And all of those fun things, I think, it's just, like, helped Clayton grow and slowly and en- enjoy the company of robots, even though it's so far it's just been Frankie that he's really tolerated at this time. <laughs> Minus Gliffy, a little bit.
0: Uh, so idea for like a little <laughs> side story. We find a, 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 a simple light <laughs> rules TTRPG that is like detective noir themed. And it's like a buddy cop kind of thing with Clayton and Frankie. (laughs) And it's not good cop, bad cop. It's just bad cop, bad cop. And, and wait, and Corey and I will co DM it and Dustin will play Frankie. And then Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Oh oh my
1: God. God, I love this. (laughs) Oh my God. We actually, there was recently, we had a moment where like, who is, who are the two characters? Was it Clayton and John? Clayton and John had like a moment to themselves, and like oh, that oh, dynamic yeah. mm-hmm. was so funny. It's like we need more. <laughs> we need more one shots where just two people. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, for me, I think a defining moment for John is when they're in the um at the golf course, and uh, John ends up getting that kiss. I feel like that really...
0: Uh, because <laughs> I it happened yeah. <laughs> yeah, earlier than I thought it
2: would. No, um, <laughs> yeah, but seriously, I think a defining moment for John is when he starts bonding with his father over like this tech because obviously John's relationship with his father is a bit estranged. And I feel like that he's trying to be the person that his parents want him to be and it's hard for him because similarly to Wesley every authoritative figure in our um in this campaign has just been pushing back on us nonstop yeah and it's mm-hmm. like i feel like john is struggling with keeping keeping his morals intact along with trying to like impress his parents, but also like just, he's trying to be a good son. Uh, but it's different in the fact that Wesley is like so angry at authority versus John is more along the lines of, I just want everybody to be happy. And I feel like we need to trust each other. I know authority is oh, not giving us, I know, I know authority is not giving us that same respect, but I also feel like authority, like adults Ultimately, no more than children. And so these kinds of decisions, um, some of these decisions should be left in the hands of the adults versus some things need to be brought to light. Mm. Because obviously the loop is not doing good by the town or by the citizens. And that needs to be brought to light. But he's still places trust in adults because he thinks that adults still have the children's well-being in mind. That is probably like
1: one of the like most profound insights to ever come (laughs) out of this podcast is like for real. (laughs) Not so much, not so much the idea of like, you should just blindly trust adults. I don't think that's the case, but like the, the decision to trust in spite of, what you know Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. to say that like i am inherently going to be trustful of authority even though i have witnessed what authority can do because your dad is not that way your dad is highly distrustful of authority in the podcast yeah and and it's
2: definitely it's like in john's eyes yes there are bad people but not everybody's bad not every adult is bad. Not Are every you suggesting that
1: b- basically putting people into communities and camps and tribes and like then having one individual speak on behalf of an entire group of people is a bad thing to do? Is that what you're suggesting, Corey? <laughs> See, we knew Corey was going to okay, get political. Hold on hold, yeah. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> we told you.
4: <laughs> it's that chocolate
1: milk, man. Yeah. You're saying that a community, that we shouldn't just like blanket assign things to a community <laughs> and focus on the individual? Wild. What a wild thing that we, what a wild concept. Oh, Adam, Adam, save us with your question,
0: yeah. please. <laughs> All yeah, right. I think
3: we're done here. Uh, do we, do we want my like dumb question that has nothing to do with the podcast or do we want a question about the podcast? Hey, you get to pick it, man.
0: To, yeah. It's, All right. It's it's the holidays. All right.
3: Here you go. You're ready. It's for a this? Christmas
0: loophole. It's a Christmas loophole. What
3: is a movie sequel you wished happened, but no, it would have most likely been bad. Avatar The Go Last Airbender Part 2.
1: I, okay, <laughs> no, I no, had, no, that no. was the first one that popped in my head. It was like, that
3: I didn't, but I didn't want that. That's yeah. the problem. The first one was not that bad. Yeah. Um, for me, it would have been a sequel to the movie you wanted because I loved that movie so much when it first came out. Um, and for the listeners that don't know what this movie is, it came out in like 2008, I think, or nine. It's the Curve the Bullet movie, And right? it was the Curve the Bullet movie, oh, yes, with James McAvoy. High. And Angelina Jolie, I thought that movie was so cool, and I was like, oh my god, a sequel would be so good, a sequel would be so good. And as I've gotten older, I realized, no, it would have done been done so horribly, <laughs> <laughs> and it would have just been like random fan service for a very select
2: group What was of it about the movie that you liked? Was it the Loom of Fate
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God. No, yeah, that no, movie was no. so bad. I just like w- thought it was like so wild. The like moments in the movie where it was just like you know you just see the person's bullet go through their head. Yeah, was and it then the it's impossible just, like, physics? It. Yeah, and the <laughs> impossible physics. Was it when if you, you slam
0: the keyboard in the other dude's face and yeah. then the keys perfectly lined up midair to say "fuck you"? Or yeah. Something? Was
2: that was that <laughs> was the, was the moment in the movie <laughs> when you over? Was it when Morgan Freeman got naked? Oh wait, yeah, no, yeah, that yeah, was my yeah. internet history. Never mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, I have mine. Um and I think that if I had to pick one that I know would be bad, it would be I would it would be a sequel to <laughs> the sequel movie that is Spider-Man Far Far from Home, No Way Home. No Way Home was the third one, right? Yeah. Okay. I would do another sequel to that where all the spider mans just hang out more. Yeah. <laughs> because, I, oh, yeah, I guess that's a spoiler, whatever. Uh, spoiler whatever. I mean, haven't seen, seen that. Um, but, like, that was so fun. And I have never seen anything like that done yeah. in a movie <laughs> where they brought, to, like, these different actors that have, like, that was just so fun to see. Yes. And honestly, like you said, Adam, it would be fan service for just a select few <laughs> group of people, but I would be in that group and it would not be good. But I would <laughs> yeah. watch another two and, oh, and a half absolutely. hours of those three just like, shooting the shit.
3: Like literally, like the moment, yeah, the moment where they're hanging out in the tower, I literally mm-hmm. was just all for it. Like, like when, like you know, Tobey Maguire's like, like messing with his back, and he's like, "Oh my back!" Like, mm-hmm. I, like, I was just living for it. Like that was like the like, happiest you know i would ever been. Had
0: more jokes, and <laughs> oh, they did absolutely. not get to put them all in that movie. <laughs> oh, so <yeah>. I <laughs> want, I want no, no way home
2: part two. <laughs> yeah, Spider Man part three, part two.
3: Part, three, part <laughs>
2: <laughs> three. Mine, mine has to be Swiss Army Man. Oh, that's a good one. Wow. (laughs) And what would a continuation
4: of
1: that movie look
2: like? I have (laughs) no clue. I have no clue, but I want it so bad.
0: Uh, I want it so bad. Wait, have you
1: seen Everything Everywhere all at once yet? Corey? No, I need to. Okay. Have. That's like a
2: spiritual successor.
0: That yeah. Ri- yeah. Well,
1: not only that, that was like one of the first ones that came into my head was like, Oh, I would love a sequel to that, but no, all, like that movie is perfect. <laughs> let it, let it, let it be more what more it is. More spaces taking place
0: at more, more, yeah. moments.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Corey, you need to watch that. Anyway, continue with what, what is the why behind so yeah. Man? <laughs> because it was oddly profound and it
2: was just so like dumb in its concept. But it was such a good movie that I would absolutely love if they did something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know how. But I watched that. Actually, if you something. watch
0: that before Sorcerer's Stone, it actually is in chronological order. It's actually a prequel to the Harry Potter
1: franchise.
0: <laughs> wow. Interesting. Yeah.
1: I, I, yeah but Swiss Army Man is a are you saying Swiss Army Man is a prequel to Harry Potter? Yeah. If you want it to be sure, I yeah. feel like it has to be because, like, he's a dead. Well, it wouldn't qu- be a sequel. Wait, okay, well, hang hold on, on, hold on. on. Would it, it be? be Would Swiss Army Man <laughs> be what happens when Harry Potter dies? in That's what in I was getting seven? ready to say. <laughs> yeah, you read my he, mind. And like, and that he's in purgatory, <laughs> and then when he comes back and he like reads emotions, that's when he like <gasps> wakes up and like you know kills whatever Voldemort. spoilers
3: Spoilers. (laughs) yes okay
1: look the movie has been (laughs) out for so long (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: all right that's what would be yours the mist oh oh that's good if you know how how, if if you know how it ends bro oh my god if you did oh my god that spoilers spoilers listeners spoilers skip ahead like a minute yeah wait okay Ten yeah. second. What what happens at the end of the mist? I know
1: the general plot of it, but I don't know how, it ends. You don't oh, it's, it's it's how to end. Okay, ugh. just for, just just for you, Tyler, and everybody listening who wants the movie to be spoiled. The mist is about like this, basically like this government experiment where it, they open up a portal yeah. to an like an interdimensional portal, and all these like monsters come out, and it creates this like thick mist in the town, and all these people get trapped in a grocery store. Hijinks ensue, and basically he gets his family out of there and, like, starts driving away through the mist, through this, like, horrendous monster-infested area. At the very end of the movie, he, he had promised his, like, um wife that he was gonna, like, protect his kids no matter what. And, like, mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, he's like, the only way to do that, based on all the horrendous shit that I have seen, is to kill them. He kills his whole family at the end of the oh. movie, and right after he does that, <laughs> He gets out of the car and the mist subsides. The army has come through and they have cleared out all the no. monsters yeah. and closed the portal.
3: This is like 60 seconds after he kills his kids. Holy yeah. crap. Oh, what, what, wow. yeah, okay. what, well, it was, like, also on top of that. So, like, it wasn't just his family. There was an old couple in the back seat that went yep. with him. And then I don't think yeah. it was it was a girl that was in the store. It wasn't his wife because he found the wife right. dead in the house. Oh, right, 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 right. When right. they yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah and then he and then he tries to kill himself because he literally goes to shoot himself he was out of bullets and i will never forget that moment (laughs) is ingrained he's out of bullets
1: and then the moment (laughs) after he's out of bullets is when like the mist suddenly clears
3: and the u.s army is there they're like hey guys everything's fine I I feel like that sequel would not last Mm. long. Like it would be a very short sequel because he would be very much trying to.
1: I've I've never (laughs) seen this movie. What i about to say, I've never seen this movie, but I imagine the spiritual successor (laughs) to The Mist is The Whale with Brendan (laughs) Fraser. That's what I imagine. I haven't seen that that either. I need to
0: see that too. I haven't seen that either. All right. Well, (laughs) anyways, (laughs) that's wow. Wow. Okay. Um, well, I don't know where the fans skipped to, but hopefully you uh, didn't get anything spoiled for yourself. Um, oh, I'm next. Oh, <laughs> uh, right?
1: <laughs> it was yes, me the I whole time. I the next question.
0: Okay, my question is for Dustin, our, our lovely game master, yes. and it's going to be tough for you to answer because I know that your answer for this is something that the listeners haven't heard, so you have to pick a different one. Um, okay, so what is something whether it's like a direction the story goes or like an activity or a NPC or something that you had planned that you had to throw to the side based on like decisions we made that like put us off course or like sent us a different direction what is one what is the number one thing you've had to toss away that you wish we could have done
1: Oh Ooh. god. Yeah, there is there's one, but the listeners have not heard it yet. That's the one that like sticks in my mind that I had planned for. Yeah, you I I might knew that, that would to, be the one. You might have to cut out a lot of dead air here for a minute. Let me pull up my notes. If um, you want, Cory can
0: ask his question and we can come back to you. Why don't we do that? Okay.
1: All right, well then, yeah. I'll I'll
2: ask my question real quick. All right. So, how is it that we have been able to restrain ourselves? from finally killing Clayton off and kicking Adam off the podcast.
1: Yeah. That is a, <laughs> oh, yeah. I knew you were going to ask that question. And yeah. Honestly. Honestly. I, mean, honestly, I
0: mean, listen, just so you know, we are in the process of that. The legal paperwork has been drawn up. We're just yeah. working on getting a lawyer to sign <laughs> off. I ain't going out without
3: a fight. That's
4: <laughs> right. He's going to sue
2: us. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. So my question is, when creating our characters, all of us kind of came up with like, a basic relationship between each other and kind of how we thought the story was going to go. What has changed from the inception of the podcast during the story that has gone in a separate direction that has kind of altered how you play your character? So if you want, I can go mm. first to kind of given the kind of, yeah, what, a, yeah, you go
0: first yeah. and kind of give us an example.
2: So for, for John, When we were creating the characters, one of my backstories was the fact that Wesley and I are best friends and that what was one what something that was probably going to cause us like turmoil within our friendship is the fact that we both like the same girl. And that being Sarah. Mm, oh, that's right but that didn't really pan out because Sarah hasn't really been present in the story as much because she's been taken. Mm. So, so that was something that we didn't really account for. And so I feel like that kind of just like strengthened our friendship even more. The fact that we're trying to find this missing girl, finding what was going on within the loop And then obviously all three of us bonding together and trying to uncover these mysteries. So it's like the thing that I thought was going to happen was that we were going to fight because of this girl, but ended up being that our friendship became stronger because we were trying to save said girl.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, other than that, I, I don't mean to give a boring answer on this one, but I think most of kind of i mean i uh, No, i I can't say anything now without spoiling anything but but yeah i mean i i think in general my story has pretty much gone i mean how you thought it would how how i thought it would yeah yeah yeah, not how i planned it would necessarily but how i thought it would there are some definitely some things coming you know down the line that i i have planned for wesley if he's in the right situations that'll be very interesting to see him change uh, a little bit, but, but we haven't reached any of those yet.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And to clarify, I don't mean like theories that we've had that haven't come true. Just something like something you thought would happen as far as the story goes, but not like a theory, if that makes sense.
1: Sure. I I will say that like, there are obviously several moments in this campaign that I think are intentionally designed to be red herrings. And I think in sarah's case as the gm for example it's hard to do like a kid romance storyline you know Mm -hmm. like you don't want to go like you don't know how appropriate that really is i don't like the idea Mm -hmm. of like forcing that like sort of storyline to to progress but like that i think adds to in some cases that feeling of like not being wanted, right? And like the, how mm-hmm. that plays into John's characterization and Wesley's characterization, which I think is like a more interesting thing to pursue mm-hmm. when we're in this sort of like kid narrative where everyone's like between the ages of like what ten to twelve. Mm. I, will I say that, I think that is the, <laughs> I think that is the
0: <laughs> hardest. <laughs> that is the hardest thing about this podcast. I think is playing an eleven-year-old mm-hmm. because yeah. like I. I don't interact with a lot of like children in my day or ch- I mean, ch-
1: and children from no, the kidding.
0: 80s, mind <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I, in preparation for this, looked up a video of like 11 year olds reacting to it was like a YouTube reacts type thing, like a mm-hmm. reaction video. Like kids were just watching things and reacting. And like an 11 year old, like we are playing very clearly like so far matured 11 year olds (laughs) like because an actual 11 year old in any of these situations would not have the wherewithal to like solve puzzles and be brave and all of this stuff like that i think that Mm. is the hardest thing we've had to do is like try to still remember that you're playing a kid but also like you can't really play 11 or the story's gonna go, not going to yeah. go anywhere.
3: Well, we're, we're playing yeah. Stranger Things 11-year-olds, you know? Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, very yeah. smart 11-year-olds. Yeah,
3: very smart 11-year-olds. Don't come for us, Netflix.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, um, I think it... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I, I think that it makes sense, though, because this particular world that we live in, granted, it is based in the real world, but it's so much more advanced in terms of, like, technology and stuff mm-hmm, that I feel like true. the like 11-year-old's curriculum in this said world is much yeah, higher, no, so, is so the kids yeah. are a little more intelligent than what, like, by today's standards would be. Yeah,
3: But I would say definitely going back to your original question, Corey, I would say, for me, I don't think anything changed really for me either, honestly. Well, like, okay. If that is was a I, bad
2: question, I yeah. get it. <laughs> well, no, because it's just like,
3: because, like, for my character, which, like, let me tell you what, uh, listeners, I very much um, am playing my character... Different, if I remember correctly, than like our uh what was it called? Our like episode zero that we did mm-hmm. yeah. where we mm-hmm. kind of trial run our, like, our characters. Tests. We
0: play tested yeah. our characters. Yeah, we
3: play test our characters and I went I changed it up because I remember like technically, like I don't even know if we had a relationship yet with each other, but my character very much was like, Okay, well I'm gonna enter this group of of two friends. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, okay, like I didn't really like set expectations for myself because I knew that I didn't have a relationship with y'all already um, mm-hmm. and was kind of like just going to like free ball it throughout yeah. the, the, the the time pretty much.
0: Dustin, what do you think? You got an answer for my question from earlier?
3: I do. I have two.
1: I have two. Oh, okay. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll hear both. Let's do it. The first one is that in episode 13... You could have saved Mikey, the stoner oh, from the golf course. <laughs> and Mikey and by extension his friend Lisa would have become allies to to the to all three of you. You could have used oh. them as and potentially
2: allies. my future girlfriend.
1: Yes. <laughs> the problem is, and we have not explored this, and we are not going to at this stage, is that if Mikey well, Mikey obviously passed away. But if you all decided for whatever reason to try to recruit Lisa for help, Lisa would not have done it. He, she would have hated you all for what you did to Mikey. So mm. that was like something that I had planned is that there is there was a way to get Mikey, to or to keep Mikey alive. And unfortunately that didn't happen. The other thing, which you have not encountered yet is that back in at the episode where you all were trying to go to Langley bunker and meet Clayton's dad, you all stopped at Nick Hayes's house. There was Mm. something at Nick Hayes's house that you did not discover that I really wish you had right now. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Yeah. There was one clue at Nick Hayes's house that you guys did that completely missed. And I was like, Oh, I wish you guys mm. had it. Well, we can go back, right? Yeah, we're <laughs>
0: just getting <I'm> back to <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we are now back up at the top with uh, Dustin.
1: Technically no, already asked two questions, though. Oh, that's oh, right. That's we're right. going to skip right. over yeah. you. You know right. what?
0: It's a Christmas loophole. You get to ask another oh, one. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, great. Let me pull up my note with questions because I had to go through my old notes to do this. I um, hope that
0: all of you listeners find a Christmas loophole okay, I, this holiday season. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I,
1: that's the one thing I wish all of our li- listeners get underneath the tree as a Christmas loophole. <laughs> um, is there anything that you have learned behind producing this podcast that you've taken with you to other parts of your life? Um.
3: Ooh, Wait, repeat yes. that question again?
1: Yeah, is there anything that, like in producing this podcast that you've taken with you to other parts of your life so kind of like how i was asking you earlier adam about like yeah do you feel like being clayton has made you a more empathetic person when it comes to like dealing with issues of divorce and like understanding that like while your upbringing had like a lot of highs that like other people didn't like, is there something maybe like that? It doesn't even have to be story related. It could just be in the actual process of making this podcast.
0: Hmm. I mean, for me, mine, mine's pretty obvious. I feel like I, since I do all of the editing and mixing and mastering for the episode, Sorry, everybody, if you think it sounds bad, I'm trying my best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but as my day job is in video production, so I, I take a lot of what I learn about editing audio, uh, but I, w- I won't go too deep into that because it's very boring for all the listeners. But like, yeah, <sighs> just stuff about like pacing and and, oh my God. and sound design and things like that.
1: Oh, that's it. Okay, because I, I was gonna interrupt you, but I'm glad your 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 whole spiel no, I'm, is I'm over. Done. Because here's the thing, Tyler. You do a <laughs> phenomenal job editing yeah. this podcast and making us all sound coherent and intellectual. <laughs> because that's a very, very hard thing to do. That is like probably like you have overcome so many obstacles <laughs> in editing this together. There's content that our listeners have not heard yet that I promise, I promise them all is fantastic yeah. <laughs> and worth the wait. So oh, like some good stuff hats up. off, Tyler Linden. We salute you. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Thank you. I think for me, it honestly like has helped me be just more creative. Like not, even, not only in, in like, like, cause like I can't really think of like, work examples because like this translating to athletic training is a little bit on the weird <laughs> side. Um, But just from like a, since I do like kind of like the creative process of trying to come up with something for the social medias, Um mm-hmm. it definitely has helped keep my brain kind of in that creative aspect and like keep that kind of like, what is it? Your left, left brain, right brain stuff, like kind of mm-hmm. like keeping that in check when sometimes like in, in like my workplace, it's, it can be like very monotonous at times. Um, and so this kind of gives me a creative space doing something that very much like at the beginning was very out of my comfort zone. (laughs) Um, and being able to like, kind of like grow in that aspect. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you do a great job and you do, you do. And that was (laughs) sort of the example that I was going to cite for, for me. And I'm going to change it a little for me. I have noticed when we stop recording for our listeners, we obviously discuss the episode that we just recorded amongst ourselves. I have noticed that for every episode where I have devoted the most time into planning are the episodes that go off that are received very well by all three of you. You Mm -hmm. all have said... Like, you all have, like, thrown praise my way for the episodes that I have invested the most amount of time into, which Mm -hmm. I think goes into sort of what you were saying, Adam, that, like, it helps you to be a more creative person, but also, like, personally, I deal with a lot of self-doubt when it comes to my own ideas and my own creativity, and it's when I actually, like, dig in and set the time and, like, really drill down into it and take the time that that output ends up becoming something Mm. that is well received. And Mm. so it's like that lesson is something that I've taken with me through my life, or at least trying to implement with with varying success.
2: (laughs) For me, I think that one thing that I've been trying to do um, better within the podcast, as well as in just my everyday uh, life, is that I think I do a fairly decent job at thinking on my feet and this podcast is really kind of pushed Mm -hmm. that boundary Mm -hmm. of just kind of coming up with just like random one-liners you know trying to feed off of each other the whole purpose of this is like trying to improv off of each other yeah Mm -hmm. and I I definitely feel that in my like day-to-day life um because I work a job in IT and there's a lot of things where somebody will ask me something and I might not know the answer right away but i able to give them a satisfactory answer because I've had a little bit more of experience with the podcast you know it's not necessarily me lying to them it's just hey to keep them from you know feeling like I'm incompetent or something you know it's just kind of like hey I've got you don't worry about it we, I'll, I'll get you settled you know that kind of thing well
1: yeah. yeah and that's also maybe the second most insightful thing that has ever come out of this podcast is this idea like IT I feel like I've not worked in it but I feel like it's very objective in terms of the answers you have to give because things are very specific mm-hmm. so when you do not know the objective answer mm-hmm. to like a problem that you're troubleshooting you have to kind of get creative in your response where you're like well it could be this series of things I don't No off the top of my head, but I'll hunt down that answer, like that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. And
0: then who was next? And then
3: Adam. So my next question for you guys is a doozy. Just kidding. (laughs) What is your favorite episode title?
0: Ooh. Oh, just by title?
3: Just by yeah. title. Okay,
0: hold on. I have to go into our to feed go- because... I know, same. Yeah, same. If you asked me to name five of
1: them, I probably couldn't. Yeah. And I oh, would say wait, probably oh, no, only I name... Know, I know mine. I'm not even going to look <laughs> it up. I'm not going to even look it up. <laughs> me, myself, and my lady was would be mine. Yeah. I think that okay. one is fantastic. The way that we've kind of like added the apostrophes and everything. That mm-hmm. is, is fantastic. That's a good one.
3: Cause, cause for me, I think one of my favorites is definitely a pocket full of hotties like that. Just, I, that, that is by far up there for me. The
1: pocket it, hotties th- vibe in general yeah. is, 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 <laughs> <that> <laughs> one is very good. I
0: think maybe my favorite would be, uh, is, is episode 22 Clayton and the cathodic, Oh my God, I can't say it. Clayton in the chaotic, cathartic, so good, very fun game. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess my favorite would be because I came up with that one in the middle of recording the episode so much so that I had to like write it down, Yeah, <laughs> but I couldn't exactly remember the format. So I had to like go Google what the, the terrible, no good, very bad, whatever that yeah. the actual title is of that story. So much so that I can't, I'll have to go back and listen to the episode and figure out what this is, but I definitely was not paying attention to something Dustin said. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and Clayton and John were having a conversation that I was like, oh, my God, I definitely missed something important. And I remember just being like, OK, I'm just going to sit back. So there's like a whole chunk of that episode where I didn't say anything because I did not know what was going on because I spent so much time coming up with that episode title. And I was like, OK, just
2: sit here until you have context. And eventually I did catch back up. But yeah, if, if I'm really silent in that episode, that's why. That's so funny. I'm going to say mine is the bonus episode Carnival of Screams because we didn't come up with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. I think honestly, hooked on Glyphics is such a good. That's a good one. A good yeah. one. Yeah. That yeah. That is. Bad. That would be my
1: second one. Although I yeah. do love the two-parter, all par of the plan and yeah. not par yeah. of the plan. Yeah, I think that was yeah. a good two-parter good too. Yeah. So,
0: I have a question for all the players, and actually, Dustin, you could answer this in in terms of an NPC if you want, or 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 it could be a gm thing uh, it doesn't necessarily have uh-huh. to i feel it just feels easier to answer it as sure, sure sure an npc but yeah so like what is a or if you could go back through all the episodes that i've released and change one decision you made as a player character or as an npc in dustin's uh Ooh. situation what would that one thing you would change
2: be so it's just changing like a decision we made, or yeah, it could be something
0: small. It could just be a, something your character said, a way your character reacted.
3: Oh, I actually do have one actually.
0: Okay, go for it.
3: I wanted to so badly, and I I would ch- I would change it, but I would want like Dustin to be able to railroad me pretty much okay. in this situation. Um, I wanted Clayton to drive that van so badly. <laughs> I I literally like when I, I would have let you I, I would have let you fighting I was fighting that battle of like just get in the car like what could happen like even if you don't know how to drive you're gonna have to roll for it and like maybe you'll roll well and like I like like and like looking back of it I still wish I'd gotten like into the van and drove it with Frankie.
1: Okay, I have one. This is so weird. Okay. Um so this is mostly an original. Uh, like story narrative right like there are a lot of details about sort of like the loop and some of the organizations that are part of the uh rule book but for the most part you know this is an original idea one of the things that happens all the way back in episode one is that you guys? I don't know if you remember, but when you spill the milk in the cafeteria, there's a janitor there that seems like very menacing. Yes, I've oh, yeah. always wondered yeah. what was that? What was yeah, his deal? That was that. That is actually part of the original rule book. Like there is a whole narrative where there's like this janitor that's very mean, or like and or and also v- weirdly enough, a gassy janitor. Like he's he like farts and belches all the time, mm-hmm. and apparently. Like the in the campaign for our listeners, if you are ever interested in picking up the Tales in the Loop rulebook and reading through the campaigns that are built in there, this is a spoiler. But there's one where a janitor turns out to be like this robot. And there was, I can't remember the specifics, but basically, I thought it would be interesting to like not necessarily like have the janitor as like a like a main character in the story, but a potential like side mission, quote unquote, that's pulled from the book directly that you mm. all could explore. And we kind of just abandoned it. And I think that was just through like learning what this podcast was going to be and yeah. how it was going to develop. And so I think like it would be very interesting because I have not admittedly gone through our early episodes. But I think it would be interesting to listen back to those. And just hear, like, wow, how different is this? How What's the vibe like, you know? Mm-hmm. What's the vibe? I guess in terms of
0: things like with Wesley, because I, I think the way I had kind of played Wesley, or I don't know if it came off this way, but I was trying to play Wesley's relationship with Nick Hayes, is like, oh, he's found this uh, this male adult who has you know, clearly developed some relationship with these children. He trusts them enough to like hear them out and help them. And so, you know, Wesley obviously had a magnetic attraction to that of like, Oh, a a positive male role model. Like, Oh, this is great. And so it's, it's funny. You mentioned the, the thing about, Oh, there was something else hidden in Nick Hayes's house, because I do feel like I would want to go back and change that thinking about it now i think wesley would have wanted he would have not seen he's you know we found that note that was like oh if you're reading this like i'm okay um i think maybe looking back wesley probably would not have trusted that as like this is this one positive male role model and like there's something happened to him that's like something happening to his own father i feel like i i would have switched that and played that a little differently and had wesley be a little more concerned and less like oh. Let's trust this. note. he's totally fine. You know, let's move on. But I I think, you know, we were just trying to move the story along. But I think maybe Wesley would have been a little more concerned there. And that Mm. could have, uh, it turns out, maybe potentially changed some things. So interesting.
2: This one's difficult for me because there's not a lot I feel like I would have done really any differently. Mm Um. Because I'm just perfect, you know. I'm just I'm the, <laughs> make mistakes. I, I, yeah, I'm. I'm just so great. No, uh, I, I. I honestly, <laughs> there's not a lot that I. <laughs> there's not a lot that I feel like I've done that, like negatively affected or changed, a scenario in a like a way that I feel like should have been changed to go in an opposite direction, or, you know, I think the way that the stories panned out has for me been a lot of fun because everything has been so challenging and so it it, it forces us to think of new outs or you know things when we get into trouble and we have to find a solution to get out of trouble I really enjoy those moments Mm -hmm. so there's nothing that I really think that I've done or that you guys have done that I would have changed to get us out of those situations. If that makes sense.
1: Oh yeah. And I mean, to that end, like, you know, I, I know that I mentioned earlier in my first question to Adam, that like Adam is a very diplomatic character in D and D campaigns that we've done that are not this. I actually think that adding that chaos makes for like a more interesting and compelling story too, for Mm. sure. Like, the fact that he is kind of in some ways being a roadblock, but also staying in character and being true to his character while also adding that <laughs> chaos in and like trying to like force you all to get out of sticky situations, including me. Sometimes I <laughs> yeah. feel like even as the GM, I'm like, I don't know where the fuck to go with this. Um, well, I, I think don't know. Like it's, the just, hardest, it's just good. Yeah,
0: I think the hardest, speaking from experience, the hardest <laughs> type of character to play is a coward because mm-hmm. you the player want to keep trying things and keep moving forward and keep solving the mm-hmm. puzzles and save the mm-hmm. people and complete all the quests but like wesley as a coward doesn't want to do any of that yeah. so like yeah this campaign would not work without clayton being as chaotic and just running like head first into problems because he he truly is the character that like m- forces us
3: to move forward mm-hmm. you know Oh, actually, uh, another thing I would change is uh, <laughs> uh, us us finally opening that damn safe that we found in like episode oh like God, the seven. Yeah. Which at this point we have no idea probably where it is. Like well, from Gliffy just a story, right? Gliffy well, was carrying it, and then he Gliffy got knocked, knocked out. It. Yeah, <laughs> on the front lawn. Yeah, so it's around here somewhere, and who knows what <laughs> is inside of it? Maybe we'll find out. Yeah, maybe, maybe we won't we'll but, talk but, to John <laughs> about listeners, it. But listeners, listeners, if you've kept up and you're like man what the hell is with that safe we remember don't worry we just cannot get to it yet (laughs) we'll get there we'll get that'll be the
0: the the episode the finale of the campaign we'll get to open up the safe and the one piece will be inside and everything will be fine
2: oh oh okay i do have an answer (laughs) so a few episodes ago when i am uh turning or trying to take the chip out of uh frankie I have a saved dice that I never mm. used and I forgot that I had it and it would have helped in one of our uh, previous episodes and I won't say what it was just because obviously those episodes aren't out yet. Yeah. But but that is one thing that I feel like I'm so bad at is saving dice and then not using them. Yeah. Mm. So that is one thing I, I will say that I, I wish I could change is using those dice in those moments where they would have been beneficial.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Corey, don't stop talking because you get the next yeah. question.
2: All right. So seriously, how is it that you guys have been able to restrain yourself from killing off Adam and uh <laughs> <laughs> keeping him from the podcast? I mean, really. No. Uh, all right. So this is more of a question of uh, for you guys for like as behind the scenes goes, Ooh. um in preparation for everything, we've kind of split the workload amongst each other. So what is, what does that look like for you guys? Like, I know like Dustin, you take a lot in planning the, uh, the, the, uh, campaigns. Tyler does the editing. I do a little bit of the editing, uh, but I do a lot of like the, the art and stuff. And then Adam, obviously you do the social media posts. Like what, what on your side goes into the things that you do?
1: I, I have an answer for this. um, for our listeners, and I think also for the three of you, you might remember there was one time that we all decided to do a double recording session
3: oh, and the yeah.
1: second episode that we did in that day, in my view, and I can't even remember which one it was at this point, um, did not come out very well. Obviously, hearkening back to what I was saying about Tyler's editing skills, I hope that it didn't come across to the listeners because his editing skills are phenomenal. I don't even remember the episode that it was. I don't either. Um, But I do remember that was sort of an experiment that all of us decided to do is like, hey, let's do a double recording session. Let's knock two episodes out in one go. And it did not really progress well in the latter episode because I had to modify sort of on the spot what changes were going to happen as a result of all of your actions. And so I definitely need that time to prep. I have seen like DMs take very, very like broad strokes, outline notes. I feel like for me, I have to have a very specific and detailed approach to sort of coming to this podcast. And anytime you all deviate from that, I try to prep for that by adding in, like, if they decide to do this, like I try to get in your heads Mm -hmm. and say, like, what would they maybe do in this situation? And then I have something that's prepared for that. And in some cases, you all have said after the fact, like, ooh, I was going to maybe do this or I I like, oh, I would have done that, but that would have been weird. And I actually had a plan for it. But then (laughs) there have also been cases where you all have done something and I'm like, that is so far and away from what I would have expected you all to do that I then (laughs) have to figure out, like, what is the critical information that I have to feed you all to progress the narrative? while also staying true to your decisions and not like constantly railroading you. So like Mm -hmm. that's what the prep looks for me is I have to have time to listen to the decisions that were made in the last episode so that I can prepare and craft like how would these characters react? What's their knowledge based on everything that has happened so far? Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it does. It does look like sitting down for, you know, I would say maybe like three or four hours total. And look and looking through and saying, like, all right, what's the next step here?
2: When it comes to like preparation for the actual like recordings and playing through the campaign, there's not a lot of prep on our side. I know Tyler is the residential note taker (laughs) because I am just so bad at taking notes. So anytime something happens, it it falls on Tyler to be like, hey, do you remember what happened here or do you have that in your notes? (laughs) Yeah so i have to
0: write things down or i forget i'm and I, so I, forgetful. I will also
1: say too i'm sorry i don't mean to like comment here but like when we went into this i didn't actually have what the ending looked like in mind i had a general broad strokes idea but i didn't know how to get from like point a to point b And I think Mm -hmm. like that is actually to my benefit and to everyone's benefit because it allows you all to kind of make decisions and choices that can affect the overall outcome and ending of the game. And as we have progressed, the decisions you've all made, the sort of like ways you've gone about interacting with the world and with these characters have sort of helped me coalesce what the end game is going to look like and what the ending is going to look like. And what I think is so interesting about that is I used to have such a negative opinion about shows and movies and things where like specifically shows where the creators have admitted like well I didn't really know what the ending was going to be when I started writing it. And I used to think that that was like such a like lazy way of going about developing your story. I like a completely immature <laughs> perspective of what the creative process looks like um Mm. and like that through doing this has completely changed my point of view about like yeah of course you don't know how it is going to end you might have an idea but like the way that the story progresses and the way that like other people contribute to it is going to help narrow your focus and kind of take you in a specific direction so anyway that was a really good answer holy crap it was
0: (laughs) Well, I believe we also have a couple of uh, questions from listeners or people who tolerate our podcast. Um, Adam, do you happen to have those uh, at, at the ready? I do have those at the ready. Okay, I'll let you ask those because I don't have those at the ready. Okay, so I would say... So to uh, answer Corey's question, how much preparation do I do for these yeah. episodes? <laughs> Zero. Zero. little.
3: <laughs> so the first one... Um, Where does it come to us from? So it comes to us uh, from uh, my lovely wife, Haley Foster. Our Um, number one fan. Yes. And that question, um, which also... Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Wait. Damn straight it is. Damn straight it is. (laughs) Damn straight it is. Yes, we very much appreciate uh, when she does our artwork. Uh, And she asked us this lovely question that if, you know, the lovely Taylor Swift was... Uh, singing in the 80s what would each of our characters taylor swift album be so wait
0: is it that can be so, out of
3: any of the ones that exist
2: now out of any of the albums that exist what, which one's the one that has which? the bleacher song on it because that's the only one i know <laughs> <laughs> she wears short skirts oh wait i can't sing it we're gonna get dmca striked oh god
0: <laughs> oh god the the podcast is canceled <laughs> Um, hmm. Okay, wait, I'm just scrolling through a little a
3: little list here And wow, she actually has a lot of albums yeah. <laughs> um, Because I already know what mine would be Because oh. me and Haley actually jokingly said that we had ours
1: Um. I'm just going to say this I have no idea I do not listen to Taylor Swift's music I have nothing against the artist She doesn't speak to me Mr. Milady is a Swifty That is canon oh, Absolutely. <laughs> that is absolutely. canon Mr. Milady <laughs> is a
3: Swifty 100 (laughs) percent wait can can uh her name in the in the campaign be like sailor twift no (laughs) 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 Um, for copyright purposes Um, i think
0: I, i do think that that wesley's would be the one that includes uh you belong with me uh and i think actually both john and wesley would probably love that song because it's you know About like the dirty person getting the hot person. (laughs) But I definitely think since it's on the album Fearless, I think uh, Wesley would use that as inspiration to remember to be as fearless as Taylor Swift when he goes into school to face the bullies, to face all the hardships, to just be fearless, you know? I was just saying it is
3: Fearless is the album.
0: It is. I did Uh, my research (laughs) in the last
2: 30 seconds. (laughs) Um, (laughs) what, What would Johns be, do you think? Just because I can't let Wesley one up John, it would be The More Fearless, Um, (laughs) which apparently is also an EP. So It actually has
0: the song on it, You Don't Have a Choice But To Be With Me on it. It's a more aggressive version. Yeah,
3: (laughs) so I'm going to go with that one. (laughs) <laughs> wow, it's beautiful.
0: Uh, yeah, there you me, go Haley. Hope you love it. I'll just
3: say, yeah. Me and Haley talked, and uh, Clayton Woods would definitely be a reputation. Okay, why is that? Um, because he has a big reputation.
0: Okay, okay. Are there any songs? What's, what's Clayton's favorite song on it?
3: Uh, it would. <laughs> Miley Cyrus <is> the climb. <laughs> oh, it would definitely be. No, oh my god. What- no, it's the song. Look what you made me do. <laughs> okay. I okay. okay. Yes, it would be. That's good.
1: That's yes, good. It would be. Uh, if if anyone is curious, Nick Hayes is also a Swifty, and his song would definitely be "You Belong With Me." Yeah. <laughs> wow. Taylor Swift featuring Nick Hayes. Yeah. Oh, uh, the
3: collab everyone is waiting for. <laughs> oh.
0: All right, Adam. What and else then, we got for, for and questions? then our uh,
3: Other question comes from the very own Bob Linden oh my god who is that I don't know hi (laughs) dad your daddy (laughs) and that one would be I know you didn't grow up in the 80s so what's the earliest childhood memory how far back can you go I don't like when our listeners know that much about us um Which is a very good question, because I was, like, thinking about that today, and I was like, man, what would my answer be? And also just
1: shows how much of a fraud we are, considering our title music is growing up in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: the characters. It's about the characters. It's about
1: the characters. Yeah. the characters. It's the 80s. I
0: I actually do have two very early memories, and I don't know which came first, because they're both in, like, the house I was born in. And so, I, I don't know what was the earliest, so I'll, I'll tell both, but I... I do remember one time that uh, I was just learning, I guess, about the r- the radio, and I went up to the radio and something was playing, and I, lear- I was playing with the volume knob, and I turned it up like all the way. It was one of those where <laughs> it's not like an infinite volume knob, it's just yeah. like an absolute where it's like zero to 100, and so I just hit it up to 100. And I remember running away from it, screaming, because it was so loud, and I didn't understand what I did. And I think one of my parents probably had to turn it down. That's <laughs> so and, and I remember so that being, funny. like, pretty, pretty early on. Um, and then the second is, I grew up with my neighbor and, like, best friend growing up. His name was Sam. And he... I had these like bouncy balls that had like little they were clear bouncy balls that had little Pokemon in them.
3: <gasps> oh, my God. Yes, I remember those. Yeah. Okay, I still okay. had yeah, those. those.
0: I had one that had a. I had some Pokemon in it and he was like, hey, I bet you I can get the Pokemon out of there. And I was like, no, please don't do that because he was older than me. I had to let him do whatever he wanted. So he <laughs> picked away at it. Um, without me knowing and like picked away and got the Pokemon out and I came over to his house the next day or no, 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 it was in our backyard. I like found it or something and I didn't realize he had, um, he had pulled it out. And so I went over to his house and I knocked on the door and his mom answered and I remember (laughs) saying, Is Sam home? I want to give him a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, of course, she scolded me and said, you should not walk around saying that, which was the right thing to say. Yeah. Um, so those are probably the two earliest memories I have. And I no idea how early or like which one was earlier, but I vividly remember both of those. But also That's fantastic.
2: the right
1: thing to do. Give that yeah. kid a knuckle sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: if
1: I ever see property. him again, I'm going to kick his I ever his see ass. him again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I also have two. Oh my god, I already lost one of them. Shit, Corey, you go.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of my earliest memories <laughs> was when I was a kid, back before, um, digital before streaming. Before I was an adult, back before <laughs> digital streaming, back before Blu-rays and DVDs, there were VHS tapes, and we used to have a VHS player, and I remember. I I was probably like three years old. I remember thinking, oh, there's a slot. This must be the coin slot to make it work. And so I remember taking coins and just shoving them in the VHS player because I wanted it to work. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) And did it? (laughs) Surprisingly, I think I broke it.
3: (laughs) Oh, no. What a twist. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so funny.
1: Yeah, I I have two. One is like a little bit more specific and goofy. The other one's a little bit more like maybe abstract. Um, okay. I had a babysitter named Brittany growing up. I also have an older sister, and um, one of my earliest memories is we had a boombox in our house, and Brittany once brought over cassette tapes that you that were blank, and. My mother also growing up, she was the owner of this boombox. She would always like the morning ritual was she would wake up, turn on the radio and tune it to NPR. And so like, that was what we were listening to constantly in the house when I was little. Brittany basically came up with the idea of having my sister and I create our own radio show. And so she like put this blank cassette into the, uh, boombox and had us record like a fake radio show when i was very little it is so incoherent it it like well i have no i actually have no idea how incoherent it is i can tell you right now based on what i remember if you were to listen back to it it is the most incoherent thing in the world but i think it was like kind of cool that like what a really weird but creative way to like get kids to just like Get off your back as a babysitter by just like having them record a radio show on on a on a boombox.
0: Do you uh, still have those tapes, or do do your parents like have those tapes? I if we
1: do, they are somewhere far, far buried. I know I have those. Yeah, well, they recently. This is another fun fact about my childhood. (laughs) My childhood bedroom was Photoshop blue, and by Photoshop blue, I mean like go into Photoshop. Like, just go to blue. And that is like the the default color was my bedroom walls. There was one accent wall that was deep purple. I have not lived in that house for 11 plus years now. They just got around to painting that room a different color because they're trying (laughs) to sell the house. Um, And in that process, they had to do a lot of like clearing out all this old furniture and stuff. I wonder if they came across it. They haven't thrown anything away. Cool. They've just told me, like, "Hey, yeah. you have to like sift through this when you come home for the holidays." So who knows? Maybe that cassette tape sticks around. Right. Um, if we find more. it,
0: we'll we'll set we'll put yeah. it
1: in an episode for you listeners somehow. And just in yeah. the interest of time, I'm not going to share the second one because it was abstract and boring anyway.
3: So okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I have. Uh, to myself, which one's really wow. quick. Wow, how much because, wow. do you think well, we have? Okay. Well, now nice. I feel like I need
2: to have a second yeah. one. So I will heck? say,
3: they're definitely related, but what's crazy is one's definitely, and it, this is wild. Like, for those that don't know, I am a very forgetful person. I barely remember half my memories from middle school. Um, <laughs> But for some reason, this memory is stuck in my brain. That's not, I know it's not real. Like, I know this didn't happen. I very much must have had a nightmare when I was a child that, like, Like, we had an attic. I never went up there. I had a dream when I was, like, very, very young that, like, I was, like, just walking around and my parents were gone, and then something grabbed my ankles and, like, dragged me up in the attic. And, like, for some reason, I still have that memory of that dream. Okay. Uh, But I Um, also... Oh, go ahead. (laughs) Sorry. No, uh, that reminds me. Another early memory.
2: My parents were watching Chucky when I was, like, two or three years old, and I... (laughs) I remember it very well. <laughs> that crap started. Yeah, sure.
1: Jesus. Well, <laughs> yeah, we'll see, for Adam, it turned me. into a love of horror movies. Yeah. So yeah.
3: Well, I was gonna say, yeah, that leads into so the other memory was I very much I was looking up to see when it came out because I was like, how young was I when I watched this? So my living room. In our old house was like very much it was like living room. And then my bedroom was kind of behind the living room, like behind the couch, kind of like there was the doorway that went that way. And so Mm -hmm. what I would do was when my parents didn't want me to watch anything that they were on TV, I would army crawl and then just (laughs) lay on my stomach and watch whatever was playing. So uh, Sleepy Hollow was uh, the first horror movie I ever watched as a child. That movie came out when I was five years old. Um, and watch that and I specifically remember all of the craziness because it gave me nightmares which maybe this is correlated to that nightmare I had but I stri- strateg- or, uh, strictly remember When there was the coffin with spikes in it and a dude gets thrown in and the coffin shuts. And like watching that when you're five years old, you would think (laughs) would be like, (laughs) Like, oh, my God, this is terrifying. I would never want to do this again. But for some reason, it turned me into an actual like love of horror movies and things (laughs) like that. And my (laughs) parents had no idea that I had like snuck down to watch it.
2: And I absolutely hate horror movies now. (laughs) I say I was traumatized reactions. I I was traumatized and you fell in love with them. It's it's (laughs) it's crazy. Here's
1: a pro tip for parents or any kid, God forbid, who is listening to this. First of all, where are your parents? Don't listen to this. (laughs) But for me, I was such a scaredy cat growing up. Like I refused to watch any movie that not even was like. You know, inherently a horror movie, but even had like hard drama with like unexpected like violence or something. The way to get around that or to cure that, if you have a kid who's like too scared, have them watch a bad horror movie. Like, cause I remember my first horror movie growing up was the English version of One Missed Call. That movie is so bad. And it was so <laughs> laughable that I remember thinking, like, this is actually like, Funny how bad this is. So if you want to cure your like fear of horror movies, watch a bad one.
0: A little Christmas loophole for all you parents a out Christmas there.
1: Loophole. <laughs> well, guys, it seems like the uh, the fire
0: in the in the um, in the fireplace is starting to kind of die down. Yeah, okay, let's bring those sound
1: effects back up. <laughs> yeah, okay. Great. Great. But great. Wait, if the fireplace wood? is dying down, then wouldn't there be any sound?
0: Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. Okay. Nix the sound. Nix the sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think this would be a a good place to kind of wrap it up here. Um yeah. as as you listeners heard from everything we talked about and teased, we have some really good episodes coming up. Yep. Um we'll be back on January 4th with some new episodes. So this will be the only episode coming out in December. We're very sorry. We're just very busy people, but we promise it will be worth the wait on January 4th and beyond when uh, all these new episodes start coming out and our uh, campaign starts to kind of wrap up. Um, And in the
1: spirit, uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to like interrupt, but in the spirit of like Thanksgiving, which is the week that we are recording this, I just want to like thank all of the listeners for sticking with us this entire time. This has obviously been like a very weird and crazy and wild journey for all (laughs) of us. And Mm -hmm. the fact that you're able to tolerate all of our bullshit nonsense uh, is astonishing and mm-hmm. uh, you know I just really want to thank all of you for sticking around we've got as Tyler said exciting things coming up for you so
0: yeah the fact that we can go on to our our metrics and it's not just straight zeros all the time yeah wild. People listening to this <laughs> is incredible so we love all of you Um, Well, yeah, like I said, I
2: love some of you. Let's not get it twisted. (laughs) Some of you you might be horrible people in real life. (laughs) We
0: don't know. We can't signal all of that. So Brian, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to this right now. Brian, get your shit together. Get (laughs) get your shit together. (laughs) You guys. Brian, get your shit together. You're doing good. (laughs) Anyways, like I said, (laughs) back on January 4th with new episodes. But in the meantime, make sure you follow us on Instagram and threads at Tales from the group. And on X, formerly known as Twitter, because I guess we still have to say that now, at TFTG Pod.
2: And you can follow me at Twitch at Sir Valentinian. That's Sir Valentine. Drop the E at
1: I A N. And I am over at Medium. You could follow me at Dusty Tomes. spelled D U S T Y T O M E S. And our podcast
3: art is by Haley Foster. Damn straight, straight is. it is. And you can follow her on Instagram at doodlesbyred. So from
0: all of us here at Tales from the Group, have a safe and happy holidays. And until next time... Okay, okay. bye!
1: Now... (laughs) Wait, we should the. Oh, that's so good. (laughs)